The content of this podcast, Swingin' It, is for informational and entertainment purposes only. The content discussed is not intended for investment advice nor a recommendation. Investing in any stock, security, bond, ETF, option contracts, or futures has substantial risk of loss. Chris McBride and John Burrell are not certified financial or investment advisors, nor are they registered brokers. By listening to this podcast, you acknowledge that neither Chris McBride or John Burrell will be held responsible for any loss that you may occur from acting on the topic or discussion in this podcast. These topics are not meant for recommendation. Chris McBride and John Burrell may hold positions in securities discussed in this podcast. Swingers, and welcome back to the Just Swinging It podcast. Hope you missed us. It's been a long last week. I finally got moved out of my apartment into my new house. Worked pretty hard all week. That's that's why there wasn't a podcast Friday. Um, had just got moved and needed to clean clean the apartment to get my keys and stuff turned in on Saturday. So really, just just couldn't fit it into the schedule. And then um, last night we we were trying to record the Monday's episode as planned. However, I just got the internet hooked up on Friday, hadn't used it all weekend, went to connect the computer to record the podcast, and it wouldn't connect. Typed in the password the guy left over and over, kept saying it was incorrect. Then I had to call the company, talk to the technician for a while, and then come to find out that wasn't the password at all. Not even, not even kind of close to the password. The password was nowhere on the box. It was something random. But we finally got it working, and we're here tonight. So we're going to do same show as normal. We still got buy, sell, and hold options, and we're just going to hop right into it and keep it moving. So with that, let's go to stock jargon with John. Today we're talking about two very important things when you're looking at what stocks to trade, as well as comparing stocks to one another. Today we're going to talk about the earnings, the earnings per share, and the PE ratio. So. To start it off, John, we we probably should start with um, what an earnings call is, and what happens during them them calls. Yeah, so basically, an earnings call. A lot of times, companies will give guidance of what they predict the earnings to be, and it's basically just the profits of a company. Yeah, so these happen um, once a quarter, so four times a year, and the companies basically just give out how they did that quarter, how much they either made, how much they lost. But the other important thing that some people forget about when looking at the earnings call data, they just look at how much money the company made or how much they lost. But really also what you should look at is what did the CEO and other people who discussed, um, who talked, what did they say about the future going forward? What would be the plans for the next earnings and what um, would they be doing? Because sometimes, Sometimes the stock price can move down if they don't like what the um, CEO said, or sometimes it can get boosted up even if they had lost money the previous quarter just because of the, the future outlook. 
And these earnings calls, you pretty much, whatever your broker um, service is, it tells you when the call will happen. They happen all, at all random times, whether it's pre-market, at the beginning of market, after hours. And you can actually listen in to the earnings call normally, and then there's normally a transcript afterwards. So that, that's pretty much what earnings is. Once a quarter, they announce how well they did and then what they plan to do going forward. So with that, what is earnings per share, which is the main thing that gets released during the earnings call? So EPS, earnings per share, John. Yeah, I mean, that's just how much the company earned per share of, uh, yeah, per share. I mean, it's pretty straightforward on that one. And this is this is really one of the most important pieces of data when trading a stock, really long-term, short-term. I mean, when they announce their earnings per share, there's going to be some move. There's hardly ever that earnings come out and the company stays exactly the same. It's either going down or going up, even if that's for a short period of time. So I would say for a trader, this is one of the most important things because if you, if you think a company is going to go up and have good earnings, then right before their earnings call, you know, get some stock in that company. And then once it goes right, normally the day before and the day after we'll get the biggest bump if it's good. Well, I guess whether it's good or bad. And then the, the EPS, I mean, it really drives the stock pr um, price. And what EPS actually is, is the how you calculate it. It's the total profits the company makes minus the dividends divided by the total number of shares. And that gives you the earnings per one single share. And I mentioned dividends there. If you don't know what dividends are, come back Friday, we'll be discussing dividends and dividends yield ratio. So with that, we move into really what you look at when you're, you're trading a stock and that's uh, the PE ratio. And that's really how you use the earnings. So what's the PE ratio, John? Yeah, so it's a very important um, ratio to look at. It's the price of the stock versus how much earnings the the company gains so basically how much you're paying for a company versus how much earnings the company's getting so for example if you pay um if, if the if the company it's kind of like you you go to the store you buy something uh you want to know what you're getting and how much you're paying versus how much you're getting you know and you know sometimes you might want to get a uh uh, 12 pack of can soda instead of a six pack bottles because you might pay um, less money for the 12 pack cans versus how much actual um, soda you're actually getting. And that's kind of like with the company is how much are you paying versus how much it actually earns? Like how much money does the company earn and how much are you willing to pay for that? So if you look at some other PE ratios like Walmart, you're paying 20 times the earnings for that company and also it can show you at this moment what the current pe is how much you're paying and how much it, how long it'll take you so for example my dad owns a convenience store and one of the things in the in like the real world so to speak versus not necessarily stocks uh, but like when he acquired the business that he owns, he looked for a, a PE ratio of three, which basically means you pay three times versus how much income that you get for that company. So basically, if the PE ratio is three, it'll take you three years to earn what you paid for that company. 
Yeah, so like John said, the PE ratio is basically just the like a unit price. Exactly, exactly what it says is how much are the investors willing to pay for one dollar of earnings? So, it, how much will someone pay for that company to make one dollar? Is basically what the the PE ratio is, and this um, ratio is really helpful because it can tell you pretty much the stock's relative value and it's really useful when comparing stocks within the same industry because you can use that to see um, a few different things but really you you can see which company in the same industry apples to apples operates at a cheaper price so if you operate at a cheaper price you get more profit so say I, now I I don't know what the actual PE ratio is off the top of my head, but just for example, let's compare American Airlines to Delta. Say Delta has like a higher PE ratio, America has a lower one. That would tell you that American probably operates at a lower cost because they're kind of on the same, they're kind of on the same level. Yeah, Delta's slightly bigger, but apples to apples, it's not like American is that an upstart in this scenario. So that would be apple to apple. You can tell how kind of how costly it is for one company to operate. And another thing, if you, you might hear people um, talk about the PE ratio, call it a multiple. So that's another term to keep in mind. Someone says the multiple of a stock, they're really just talking about the PE ratio. And really you can trade, um, either side of it, whether it's a high PE ratio or a low PE ratio. The higher PE ratios a lot of times are more towards like a long-term investor because investors, the stock price maybe seem higher than what the company's actually making profit. That That is telling you that the investors think that this company will have higher earnings in the future. They just don't currently, but in the future they're expecting higher earnings thus they're trying to get in at the ground level so that's kind of a long-term thing whereas like a trader they want that PE ratio to be be lower right when you say same thing it depends it depends on if you are uh, short-term trading to the upside you want it to be lower if you're short-term trading to the downside you want it to be higher yeah and it's basically how much are you willing to pay for $1 of the earnings, which we just talked about the EPS. That's really what, what it is. So the PE ratio is calculated exactly like John said, the current stock price divided by the EPS that's released four times a year. And really the best way to use this would be to gra graph like it, graph the um, PE ratio over time, like the real time graph and you can, by that, you can get the average PE ratio, and then you can decide whether it's higher or lower. And like I said, a lot of, John was talking about on the shortened stocks, you would want it to be higher, obviously, but I would say the majority is more looking for it to go up, even though once you get into it, you'll be doing both probably. But say you're looking for it to go, go up, you really, for short-term traders, you need to be looking at stocks that have a PE ratio under their average PE ratio, basically, and that's letting you t that's telling you that the earnings per the earnings have been well, and the stock price basically hasn't caught up to the earnings. So a real world uh, scenario that I actually used 
um, some of the things that we talked about either last show or the show before, and then also to tie it in with this, um, go back to like Marathon, a trade that I made uh, a few months ago, and it's actually doing really well currently, is I took the book value versus the market cap, which we discussed before, and then I also looked at the PE ratio. So I found that the book value was more than the current price or the market cap of the, of the company, and it also had a low PE. So I used those combination of the things for my fun, fundamental analysis. And really what that means is just what we're talking about here, the actual uh, balance sheet and all the things that can go with the companies. And you can really put together a solid plan uh, of what you should buy, maybe what you shouldn't buy and come together. And that's kind of how it worked around my investment in Marathon. And you, you can do that and for everything in your portfolio, even though you're looking at different, you can find good long-term investments. Or we talked about penny stocks. You can find what penny stocks people are like, people are expecting to do well because they're gonna have a little bit higher of a, a PE ratio. Now, if you get on there and you'll, you'll find a bunch of these, if a, if under PE ratio on your brokerage account has not available or there's no PE ratio, that means the company is currently losing money. And when you say a company is losing money, a lot of time that is, that would be alarming to traders. However, if you're trading like penny stocks or startups, companies lose money for a certain amount of years before they, they make money. They have to build, like John said, um, when his dad was looking to buy Jay's Grocery, so if you're in West Virginia, be sure to stop by and support local business in Kegley, Jay's Grocery. They'll also sit outside and play guitar and do all kinds of stuff there. So you, you get a full show at, at Jay's Grocery. But um, he was talking about he's looking for th um, a three, which means that it's going to take him three years to earn what he paid for the business. Thus, he's not making any profit for at least three years. So if you catch him at two years, then he's he's losing money still, basically. So you can have positive uh, cash flow, but as far as a return on investment, yeah. it's going down. Yeah, but just, like what I'm trying to get at is just because you're losing money doesn't mean it's necessarily a bad stock, but you, you, it could be. So you got to look into it, and especially now with the um, coronavirus, I'm sure there's tons of companies out there who lost money. So Right now, it's it's everything's muddy in the stock market. All these numbers and what, how traders normally look at things, you can't really do that right now because this is unprecedented times. So you just gotta you got you gotta do what we do on the show and just um, wing it day to day, week to week, and see what happens. Pay attention to the news and jump on things fast because it it's been moving fast. So with that, that stock jargon with John. On Friday, we're going to discuss dividends and dividend yield, and this is going to be um, this is going to be towards more of a, like a long-term investor for this talk. But it's important for everyone to to hear because just be, just because you trade short-term, everyone needs some kind of long-term investments if you ever want to retire and do fun shit rather than just work all the time. Or, I guess some people have have their um, women who who spend all their money and you gotta find a way to keep up so and john knows what i'm talking about <laughs> but anyhow with that we're going to move into the buy sell and hold segment we didn't get to um do a show friday so let's start off by going over last week's results um 
So last week, I basically dominated John, which was expected. If you're a gambling person, I would have heavy negative odds, and John would have probably been like plus 2,000. So we can go ahead and discuss how, how much I beat John by. So for our buy stocks, John went with Barracks Gold, which I do think is, go in my opinion, I do think that's going to be a decent stock in the next few months, but one week's a little short term for a gold stock. They opened at 2410 on Monday of June 1st, and they closed on last Friday at 2329. So they, they lost some money, which is not good for the buy stock. My buy stock was probably the best one you could pick in the entire market. And I chose some Spirit Airlines, which on June 1st, it opened at $13, and it closed on Friday at $22.62. So it basically almost gained $10 per share. And after this, we're going to discuss how the market did last week in our performance, and it was the best week I've ever had trading, and we're going to discuss Spirit a lot in a lot more detail. So our, the sales stock John had HSBC, which was a stock I've never heard of. And that's partly because when John said that, I thought he said HSBC. So I was looking for a long time on what the hell HSBC was. And there's no stock with that symbol. I had to re-listen to the podcast to see what he said. And then I got the BC out of it. So again, that's uh, the bank that was doing fraudulent stuff and criminal activity. Allegedly. Allegedly. Yeah, we got to say allegedly because who knows? Allegedly, as, as Pat McAfee would say, allegedly doing criminal activity. So HSBC opened the week at 23.26. They closed at 26.55. So John would have had a better performance if that was his buy stock. So still not good. And then my sell stock was Canopy Growth, who has continually just – had poor earnings, even though they're kind of what people view as a top mar marijuana stock. And I thought they would do a lot worse. And I think they did towards the beginning of the week, but towards the end, they kind of came back up. And I think right now they're pretty much back to what they were, but they opened on last Monday at $16.69 and they closed at $16.51, which means they lost money. So I'll go ahead and take the point there as well. So now the score is four to one. So John has some catching up to do, and right now I'm killing it. So he better get on the ball. And then just for fun, we'll go over the watch stocks. John's watch stock was Zynga. It opened at $9.40. It closed at $8.97, so it was also down. But to note, it was up Tuesday, but that's kind of how the game rolls. It can be up in the middle of the week and then drop back to kind of where it was at. So it was up on Tuesday, but closed way down compared to what it was. But John didn't have a position there, so didn't really hurt anyone. And that's why it's a watch stock. You never know what it's going to do. So my watch stock was Las Vegas Sands. And the reason I chose this as my watch stock was it was – it's kind of more pricey, so you would have to buy quite a bit, put a, quite a bit of capital in there to, to really get some money. Or you could trade options, which we'll discuss way down the road. But Las Vegas Sands started at 48.52 last Monday, and it closed at 52.97, so made almost four dollars and fifty cents. So it had a pretty pretty good week. So again, four to one, winning like everyone thought I would, and look to continue into this week. Okay, and this week everyone, I guess everyone was on the same level because. 
We're recording this on Monday night, and it's going to be shared on Tuesday. So we had a whole day to really see what was it looking like. So we'll see see how that little nugget swings into play. John, what do you want to discuss first? Uh, the ones we like or the ones we dislike? Let's do the like. All right, which one do you like for this week? The one that I like um, for this week is uh, UNG. It's uh, the Natural Gas Fund. UNG, Natural Gas Fund. Yeah, or, you know. What did it open today at? Actually, let's see what the price of this. I might use this instead. John's trying to switch it up mid-roll. Okay. Okay, we're actually going to go with a we're different. Gonna go we're going to go with the natural gas um, ATN. Um, it's uh, UGAZ. Um, we'll go with that one because I need a little bit more volatility in the mix to compete here. I'm getting crushed. So. And this is basically kind of the same type of deal, except it has three times the exposure, correct? Correct. And it'll compete with your penny stocks a little better. My penny stocks? We've been trading standard blue chip S&P 500 companies over here, son. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> what did it open at today? Go to his, go back and go to historical data or whatever. I guess that probably has it. Let's see. Let's see. Today it opened at... If you go to historical data, it'll tell you the open, the high, the low, the close. I don't even see that. We'll hit back. We're all, if, if you're listening to this podcast online, we're, we're navigating through Yahoo Finance right now to write down these prices since. So I don't oh, have to Opened look. at uh, 1335. So yeah, John's natural gas, three times exposure, opened at 1335 today. My buy stock for the week and as we'll talk about here in a minute, I did real, last week was the week for airline stocks to come back. It did really well. This week, in my opinion, is going to be airline stocks are probably still going to do decent, but my airline stocks are going to be, um, it's going to be the next tier of travel stocks. So the smaller airline stocks and the other travel type stocks, we should start seeing a boost this week. So my buy stock is Norwegian Cruise Line. And for John to look that one up is NCLH. So Norwegian Cruise Line. A lot of people love, tra tra I, I would say airlines and cruisers are some of people's favorite things to trade even when the market's normal. It's just a volatile stock that, that's fun to trade. Um, we have also, there's also Royal Caribbean Carnival, but Carnival's kind of canceled some of their tours already kind of in the future. So they're going to be up this week, but probably not as much. But I like Norwegian Cruise Line, which um, Yahoo Finance has a bullish short-term and mid-term and then bearish as long-term. But for a week, we're definitely on the short-term side. So what did we open at today, John, on Norwegian? Norwegian Cruise Line Holdings opened at 2528. Yeah, so it had a it had a gap up from the weekend, which is going to hurt me a little bit because it closed at twenty two forty three, so it had a three dollar gap up, but that's okay, it's fine. And then, um, yeah, that's what I'm going with for my buy for the week. John, which one do you dislike for to this week? ACB. So John dislikes ACB. So we just keep switching back and forth on who takes ACB. <laughs> so again, Aurora Cannabis, who we continue to talk about, 
And um, John dislikes this for the week. And with canopy growth going back up, I think that's probably reasonable that ACB would go down. I actually made, um, made I had an option from Friday, a call option on ACB. And um, that had Friday, I sold that um, today. And, you know, I think I made, made probably like $80, $75, $80 profit. So pretty good, good trade there just for, you know, that's still one, one day. But, and um, with that, all, all the weed stocks kind of had an update today. Even the weed ETF kind of rose a bunch. So today weed stocks were going up, but that, that doesn't mean ACB won't finish down. So it opened today at 1415. Currently it's at 1574 at the close today. So it had quite a bit of up, but again, who knows? I, the, these weed stocks go up, down, up, down. So who knows? My sales stock, I had a, had a lot of trouble figuring out which one to go with because when I was scrolling through the stocks I watch, I had um, on the stocks I watched today, I had two reds on the, on the, what I have on my watch list, John, you want to know what those two reds were? Everything else was green. And I had like 25 stocks on there, probably 20, 25 stocks had two reds. Let's see if John can guess them. Your two reds, um, was it a gold miners and, uh, pen? Pen was red, but that's in my positions. Pen was, oh. pen was red, that it was red today. I still made $98 today with pen red. So that's, means I did pretty well because I have a big portion in pen, like, $1,400, $1,500 position in pen. Wow, you've scaled that up. No, it's been like that for, I've, it's been the same for a few weeks now. Oh, okay. I have 50 shares of a pen national. Um, but it's, um, my two red stocks was the UVXY and um, the SPXS, which is basically the, the two, um, the two ones that go up when the market does terrible. So. Right. So that, that tells you how the market's been doing. So I had to really search to find one I dislike for the week. And honestly, I'm not too confident about this one. I actually, over time, I think this company's going to be terrible. And I actually think this company will probably go out of business within the next year, maybe two. Wow. But for this week, I do think they're going to be up. So, but it's my sales stock. And that is AMC is a ticker. AMC Entertainment, which is the biggest, everyone knows about AMC Entertainment. That's pretty much the biggest movie theater company in the world, biggest um, company that puts on, you know, the new movies. And they have, for the last um, couple of days, they basically said that they, they personally have said they don't think that they'll survive what happened during coronavirus with the theaters being closed. And then even today they came out and, you know, just kept on saying like, Hey, we're not, we're in a terrible spot. We're not in a good, good spot, but the, um, they did go up quite a bit today, even as the company's just like pumping in how bad and how they thought that, how they think they'll actually go bankrupt, which they've said, that's not words out of my mouth. They said they, they think they'll end up going bankrupt. On Yahoo, on Yahoo Finance, they do have them short-term and mid-term as bullish and long-term as bearish. I guess they're probably – a lot of investors probably look at this as this is one of the biggest movie theater companies. No chance they go out of business. 
I just don't know with, um, you know, how Netflix and Hulu and Amazon Prime, all these companies, you can get the movies right away. I look for, um, you know, movies to, instead of even putting them in the theaters, maybe I, I assume they'll be in theaters too, but I, I assume some of these will go straight to these streaming services. Just for an example, last year, I think was the first one to do it, the Eddie Murphy movie, Dolan Might is my name. That was in movie theaters, but it also went straight to Netflix at the same time. So you, you could watch it in the movie theaters if you wanted to, but you could also watch it for free on Netflix as soon as it came out. So movie theaters are in a bad spot and AMC in particular. So that's my sales stock for the week. I, I do think that they'll end up being up this week, but I wouldn't invest in AMC in the long term. John, what was their open today? AMC Entertainment Holdings opened up at 627. And they're at like what, 650 something now? 670. Okay, so the 50 cent increase on today. We'll see how they go. Um, John, what's your watch stock? Watch stock is Marathon. We touched on it a little bit. Um, this is his favorite oil stock, Marathon <laughs> Oil, which is a pretty good stock, honestly. There, If you're looking to get into oil, which I don't know if to, right now is the best time, who knows. Oil prices will start going up, but it's really how long. Marathon Oil um, has been going up here recently. But the reason I like Marathon Oil as an oil stock, it's a big company, but it's also the stock is cheap enough you can, you know, a regular person can, with $100, $200, you can get a pretty good stake in Marathon Oil and make you a little profit. So Marathon Oil, short-term is bullish, mid-term bullish, long-term is bearish, and that's just with everything opening up, people's going to use more oil. What was the open today? The open for Marathon Oil Corporation was $8.42. And they closed today at 8.43, so they were up one penny today. So my watch stock is a company, it's a smaller, well, in my head, it was a smaller company. I've been, I've been actually trading this stock for a while, but you know, when we when we were doing our educational segment last week, doing market cap, I was looking into some market caps. This company actually has a market cap of 20 million, which is higher than a lot of other stocks I trade. But it's a company called Invesco Mortgage, and their ticker is IVR, Invesco Mortgage Company. In fact, I have a dividend pending from them, so I should be getting a dividend from Invesco Mortgage at pretty soon from just where I've traded that in the past um but that's my stock watch stock of the week and really if i could have two buy stocks i would and i would put this in on on a buy i actually have a position in both norwegian and this one so i have a rate i have an option in norwegian cruise line i actually have a position in vesco mortgage but they opened today at four dollars and 97 cents and they closed at six dollars and 90 cents and i'm pretty sure they were up over eight dollars at one point today so I do like Invesco Mortgage. It's pretty much, I think, been shut down mostly, and now they're starting to come back. Like I said, last week was the airlines. This week, kind of the other lower-tier travel stocks. But this week, I think, is the week we start seeing some of these actual other businesses where their, their stuff, like the banks, like the smaller banks, the smaller um, REITs, smaller mortgage companies, I, I think we'll see increases in those companies this week. 
to start coming up and, you know, not getting back to what they were before coronavirus, but definitely getting back higher than what they were during. So that, that was my watch stock. And so again, we'll look at the close prices on Friday, get hand out a point for each of the categories. Um, I'm up four to one and we'll just keep going and see, see who can win the quarter. So, um, with that, let's move into how the market did last week because, I mean, the market did great. So, John, you got the statistics on, on how we performed last week um, from the overall market. Yeah, I can pull that up real quick. Um, the market has just been on a tearing uptrend the last two weeks, really, uh, other than like one day. Uh, it's been pretty insane. I didn't do a whole lot last week. Um, I had a couple calls on, um, down a little bit on them. But for me, I, there wasn't anything I really liked last week. I know Chris had a lot of stuff that that uh, he done very well on last week and was interested in. Um, nothing last week really fit how I trade. So... You know, for me, it was pretty stale week for me. Um, but on, um, let's see. And it doesn't fit how John trades because he's more conservative and more bearish. But just for fun, the way the market is right now, I'm starting to get John on on the train to start having a little bit of fun with this, this market. So I, I think he's going to take some chances this week on some stuff he normally wouldn't. So the first, um, which was – uh, Monday of last week, it the stock market opened at uh, by the stock market. I usually just refer to the S and P five hundred. It opened at three oh three on the uh, SPY ETF, which is uh, a good benchmark to look at. And on the end of the week, there it closed at three. Um, 17, but it got to a high of 321. So it's just a, a very rip roaring week for stocks. Yeah, and I think the Dow Jones closed on Friday up up over 800 points, which is like I'm pretty sure that's one of the highest single days that we've had in maybe ever, but definitely in recent history. Well, we had well in March when well. In April, when things were starting to from the bottom, it had a couple thousand point moves to the upside, um, just because it was bouncing off of its lows. It was pretty, you know, pretty volatile down there. But yeah, one of the bigger days we've seen in the last uh, month or so. And I, I don't think this week will be quite as well. I do think this week will still still be up. I don't think this week will be up as much. So it'll be a more steady week, but. I, I still think it's going to be up. In fact, um, the NASDAQ today closed at a historic high. So today's was the NASDAQ's highest close today. And I know this ain't the new segment, but Tesla also closed at their highest ever today. What, like 900-something? Almost 950. I think it closed at 940-something. But they were up over 960-something. I don't think it's their highest price ever. I think they've been there before, but it's, I don't think it's ever closed that high. So I, I read that it, today's was the highest close that it's ever had. 
Um, so, John, what? let's talk about some of the trades we did last week. I know you didn't do much, but you had a couple calls. And I'm going to go ahead and warn you for some of the, you know, the beginners and new people. We're going to – I really got into options last week. John's been talking to me for a while, and we're, we're really nowhere near to talking about options. If you're a beginner, you probably shouldn't be trading options quite yet until you learn a few few more terms. But we're going to talk about some some option talk here. So some of the stuff you you might not understand, but it'll still still be good for you. So call. So basically, when you trade options, the main two things are there's two two different things. There's a call or a put. A call basically means you're you think it's going to go up and a put is basically when you think it's going to go down. It's a contract with someone else. And in theory, it's not, it's not really this, but to explain it. And so, again, we're going to have some option, multiple, multiple episodes on different option stuff, but just so you can kind of have an idea of what we're talking about here, this isn't really what it is, but it's, it's basically what it is. It's basically just imagine if you have a call you're buying a hundred shares at a much lower price in the stock market, depend on, depending on how high you think it will move up to. And a put would be buying a hundred shares at the opposite of that. Same, same deal, just a lower price. But um, so John, what all did you have a call in last week? Um, so I sold a call spread in SPY um it was like a tiny little position i in that position got completely ran over but it was small so it didn't really affect my account too much um also um i'd been looking at volatility the last few days seems to be oversold so i'm actually looking for a, a quite healthy pullback this week that'll probably make that position go in the green for me is what i'm uh, what I think will happen. I actually think that we'll have a pretty massive pullback of a few percent. I I kept looking at some volatility stuff last week and then was like was going to trade some options because it kept getting so low. I was like, well, just for a one-day trade, this is going to, you know, go up and down, up and down, but never pulled the trigger and it never really, you know, did that. You would have to – I could have done that, but it would um it would have been one of them things where I would have had to be paying attention to make sure I sold it when it went up because 30 minutes later it could have been back down again. It's one of them things that's going to move up and down all through the day. But yeah, um, I haven't made my move yet on that. I, I'm not I'm not sure. I've been kind of playing it playing it safe. I mean I I have a, a short position on the new futures product that opened in the small exchange. I traded that for the first time today. So, yeah, so that's, sure. a good, that's a good um, subject. Go ahead and talk a little more about that. Cause we, we hyped up the small futures exchange a little bit and John's John's in there. He, now the one thing about small futures exchange is um, you're not, a, there's not that many brokers that are allowed to trade it yet. You got to have a brokerage firm that allows you to trade um, futures anyhow. But um, with this being the uh, small futures where everyone can trade it, I look for in the next year that a lot of other companies like Robinhood and everything will start getting on board because now it's not just people that have a lot of money can trade them. Now, every, now I can trade them any day, so there's no reason for them not to, but you just, you just can't yet. But if you have tasty trades, which John has, you can, and John's been trading futures. So what, what future are we trading? So the future I'm trading is uh, Forge Slash SM75. 
It's uh, their small 75 stocks. It You can kind of think of it as what, a – what? What what exactly is it like? What what is it a future of? Okay, so but so you can first uh, just real briefly. We'll try not to go over this too much, but in the future we'll go over a lot more of this stuff as well as options, like Chris said earlier. But the um, think of these futures kind of like an ETF, and basically what an ETF is, it's an investment of mul- It has multiple stocks within the investment. So instead of going out and buying a bunch of different stocks individually, and some of them might be priced really high, you can get an ETF that has all of them in it, and you can get one share that much cheaper than buying all of the shares together for the you know the main sum of the shares. And so a future basically is the same concept. This future in particular for the SM75, it has 75 different stocks within it, and they're across the um, they're across five major sectors of the U.S. economy. Yeah, and um, we had talked about this on a, a previous um, podcast. Even if you're not trading futures, futures it's not always a sure thing for sure, but it's one way that you can kind of tell how the market's going to start out. So, like futures, you can start trading on Sunday. So Sunday night. If you look and the futures are up, that basically tells you that the market's probably going to be up at least when the day starts on Monday. If they're down, the markets might start down. Now, that that doesn't mean that the rest of the week's going to be up or down, but that's how you can tell kind of what's going to start out at. And like I said, we were trying to do the podcast last night, and I just couldn't get the internet to work. Um, well, me and John talk all through the week about what we're doing. I, I talk shit to him about how much money I'm making. Hopefully he's making some money too. I, I know we um, talk back and forth, but we both want to make make money. I, I don't wish John not to make money. I want him to make money too, so we can go on crazy vacations and ball out and you know do the same. Let's. The government has too much money, and all these billionaires have too much money. Let's take some of that money for the the smaller people. That's what this podcast is about. Buy regular people for regular people. But John called me last night. Because since we didn't do the podcast, we didn't have time to talk about what we thought the market was going to do. And he knew I had done well last week. So he called to ask me, you know, what I thought, how, how I thought things were going to go at the beginning of this week. I asked how, how he thought it was going to go. And he, the first thing he did when I asked him how he, I thought it, what I thought he thought was going to do is he rattled off um, all the futures, which last night they were all up. So that basically told us that today when the market opens, we're going to be up. And that's, that's exactly what happened. Yeah. And that's a good, uh, that's a good conversation too. You can look at these and on the, for the people that don't know, I'll, t- I'll tell them that can't see the screen, but the S and P 500 futures right now is trading down, um, uh, uh, 0.15%. So, they're down like ever so slightly and and, the, and there's not a lot of movement um, between now and about midnight to 1 a.m. But actually the biggest moves of the market actually comes overnight. I didn't know if you knew that or not. Yeah, so even mine, I can tell like that's the one thing I've seen a lot. Sometimes I'll end the day like towards the end of the day today, like I said, because of pin, I was actually – 
you know, I was, I was down probably like $15, $10 the last time I checked while market was open, which was probably 3 p.m., 3.15. I was probably down like $10 or $15 on the day. But I checked at like 4.30, 40, 4.45, which is, you know, 45 minutes after the market closed during after hours and extended hours and actually finished the day in that last, um, the last, you know, 45 minutes before the market closed up $98. And then I was up another $40 in after hours. So normally I make up my differences in the after hours, but then there's, there's a there's quite a bit of movement. And when these uh, small exchange futures trade overnight, there's going to be some massive opportunities that you could trade overnight. They just started, uh, they just got these going um, last week and the liquidity is starting to come in there. I mean, the contracts, um, let's see, the contracts on the SM75, um shoot i don't know how to get it to show me on here uh, oh it was uh 646 contracts were traded so they're starting to get the liquidity in there they're getting the volume in there so you can actually trade these um so it's going to be a tremendous opportunity uh going in the future um but like i said right now the s p is slightly down uh, the futures are um, so hopefully that continues for tomorrow for me. <laughs> don't be, don't be, John. This podcast is not for negative negativity. You're going hey, to try. Hey, it's positive if it goes down for me. Yeah, but that's you're not going to make enough money for it to go down to make any trades this week. So let's let's save that for the couple down the road and let's get in some options this week and ride this wave. <laughs> Well, I was in college, I had a roommate from um, Jersey Shore. Well, not really Jersey Shore, but definitely the beach in Jersey. And he was a big surfer. So trying to learn how to ride the wave a little bit. You know, he's giving me some tips and we're doing a pretty good job. But um, with that, um, last week, again, that was my best week. Um, you know, best week I've ever had trading. I'll, I'll even have to pull it up. And normally, you know, the way I was talking, you normally don't talk about how much money you may make. That's why you'll hear a lot of people say percentages rather than dollar amount. But since we're regular people and we're trying to help, you know, regular people as well as for people who aren't trading stocks to, you know, show them that, hey, this is worth learning about. This is worth putting time in learning about. And, um, you know, because you can make some extra money, I'll actually say the the dollar amount of how much I made last week, because I think that, I think that, um, you know, it's inspiring. Yeah. It inspires me, But it also, when you're talking about people, if you were talking to a big time investor, he don't care about your dollar amount. He cares about the percentage, but it, um, when people should, see the, the amount of money, there's a word, I can't think of it. Um, uh, when people, I think, you know, the amount of money that you made, I've been hitting the head too many times. The amount of money that you made last week is a significant amount of money. I think that'll get a lot of people interested in the market. So, so if I go to my brokerage account and I click on one week, which would, would include today and I was up, you know, $98 or whatever today. So it'd be Monday to Monday. So minus $98. Um, I'm up 61.29%, which is ridiculous. And that is $1,225. So I made more money. I, I'm a geotechnical civil engineer with a master's degree. 
from one of the, the best geotechnical engineering schools in the country, Virginia Tech, go Hokies, and I make decent money on a normal basis. I made more money last week trading stocks on my cell phone just as I like took a break or went to the bathroom and stuff that I made actually working. And uh, obviously that's not a normal, normal week, but that just shows you that even if you have like a down week or a week, you don't do nothing. I mean, that's tw- $1,200 extra dollars. That's, yeah, that's- I mean, the opportunity that's in the market, I don't think people understand. And if you learn and you do research and you do what we're doing, you can make some good money in it. Yeah, I was telling John, my goal starting out, and like I said, I've, I've just, as you've listened to the podcast, I haven't even been trading a year yet. So really not, count, I wasn't even expecting this year, but starting next year, my goal was to make $10,000 extra from the stock market on top of my actual salary. And then also do um, the public announcing for division two college basketball teams. So I get paid there too. So I have quite a, quite a few different incomes coming in. I, I probably should, um, you know, work a little less, but it's not in my blood. We grew up, grew up working. So that's. I mean, if you enjoy what you're doing, you're not working. Yeah. So working is working, and then train the stock market is at work, and then the the basketball stuff. That's just me sitting courtside watching basketball games for free. So, um, but my goal is to make ten grand, and I actually thought it would be harder than what what I do now when I first probably a couple months ago, I was reading a stock trading book and that was that guy's goal. When he first started, I was like, Oh, that sounds, sounds like a good goal. It actually to me seemed kind of like hefty. Like the first year you're going to make 10 grand extra. If you make $200 a week, that's over 10 grand. So I think you have to make $200 for 51 weeks. It's 10 grand. So Yes, there's going to be weeks where you may not make $200, but there's also going to be weeks where you make $600, $800. So those make up for a lot of the other $200 weeks if you don't make the $200. So it's very, I think it's very attainable. I think the 10 grand grand number is a very attainable goal. Don't you, John? $200 a week. I mean, I guess it depends on how much money you're starting with. But, I mean, if we see volatility like this, I mean, it's very doable. Let's say a north. So, obviously, you can trade. And the, when I first started trading, I was trading with a lot more money. It wasn't until, you know, really the last two months that I have put, you know, kind of what a lot of people who trade on the side put in the account. But then for a while, I was trading with, you know, 200 to $500 when I was first just starting out. And – we haven't done that yet. I think um, this is me and John brainstorming on the podcast. I think for Friday, John, we should, um, you know, take a step back and kind of discuss how we got into trading. So we kind of jumped right in and we didn't really give our backstory on how we got into trading, but also what we did when we first got into trading. Because what I did when I first got into trading, I wasn't trading at all. I was trying to stockpile stocks. So like every you know, paycheck or whatever, I'll put some money in there and I'll get, buy some more. And I was trying to build up my portfolio thus so I can gain enough money to trade because I didn't want to put that amount of money that I need to trade in right away. So the way I did it was, you know, stockpile stocks, let them build up some, and then that use that to create my, my capital. And then, 
But what I'm talking about for the 10 grand, you know, is a couple thousand dollars in your account. If you have, you know, two or three grand in your account, I think that's an attainable goal. I think that if volatility is like this, it is. Um, if we go back to a low volatility environment, I don't think so. Um, yes and no. It just depends on how hard you trade. So if you're like buying stocks and keeping them for a week or two, normally what I'm doing, especially right now, I'm, you know, I'm looking to, you know, get out and buy one and then get out. Of course, I have other trades that are for a week or two, but I'm right now for, you know, I buy stock and then two or three days I get out. So I'm only, you know, not options, but when I'm looking for just um, regular stocks, I'm only looking for, you know, 50 cent increases, 60 cent increases. Yeah. So you just do that a bunch of times. I don't know. I think I can do it. So we'll see. But that's for next year. I probably won't hit 10,000 this year unless we keep going the way we're going. If we keep going the way we're going, <laughs> we're going to be in a good spot. <laughs> we're going to be in a real good spot. Um, so, John, was that all the stuff you're in currently? Are you, you got any other things that you're in currently? Um, no, pretty much um, just the short. I sold that um, small 75. Uh, we kind of went off on a tangent just to finish that. Um, it's basically 75 stocks in one instrument that you can trade. But the way it works is the instrument is actually $5,000, but you only put up like 400 and like 50 bucks to trade it, but your profits are based on the $5,000 that it's actually worth. So you only put up $400, $450, and it actually moved $170 today. Yeah, so it's, it's, pro, it's a prorated, you're, right? Like, so yeah, so like you, you don't get that hundred seventy dollars cover you your. You put up a certain amount of money to cover your wins or you losses. Get the percentage of the hundred and seventy, correct? Um, you kind of froze out. Go again. Oh, what I was saying is, is so the product is like five thousand dollars. So if it moves uh one percent, then you get one percent off of the five thousand dollar product. But you only put up like four hundred fifty dollars. So today. The, the product went up like four or five percent and it was like a it was um it was like a yeah it was like a four four or five percent move which went it made it go up um a hundred and seventy dollars but you only put up a, a four hundred and fifty so it was like a thirty percent return on on what you put up even though the product is based off a much higher notional value yeah yeah that that makes sense. Yes, it's, it's, so uh, it, it's really cool. Uh, I'm sure I'm short one of those. I think today I was up um, seventy dollars on that about the close. Because even though things like rallied up, and then I I picked a good spot to sell, and then it came down um, by like four or four thirty, and I have that, and then I have uh, a call spread in uh, SPY, and that's really it. I, I really just added uh, my positions today. I really actually just got involved today. Didn't do very much last week. Yeah, and I, like I said, I normally do, do like a day-to-day -day thing, so I had some stuff Friday that I tried to, you know, I got out of some of my stuff Friday today, and then I it's a new week, so I'm, I'm back into some stuff. The only things I really hold on to is my Penn National stock, which that's 
that I'll hold on to at least until sports come back, maybe even longer. That's that's my favorite stock on the market. And I think that really that no one knows – people don't, don't actually know the ceiling of that right now. Um, just some news with that. Um, last week, all the short sellers basically sold off – the main ones that matter sold off their shorts in the gambling stocks because they all thought that it really wouldn't come back that fast. And then they, they're seeing really, really fast that, you know, they're, they're back. So they kind of got rid of the shorts and that made the gambling stocks a great, great bump last week. And I actually made some money on the MGM stock last week. But, um, and then Penn was down a day and that's because it was down just towards the end of the day because, um, you might, I might say this wrong because, you know, I'm just a redneck from West Virginia or a hillbilly, whatever you want to say, but it's like, it's not the shoots. That's the beer, but it's something like that. Durettes or something, they're a bank. And basically they changed pins, um, you know, classification from buy to hold, which isn't really that big of a deal out of the 14 major banks that um give classifications which the stocks really move on 10 of them have pin as a buy only four have as a whole none of them has them as a sell so still like pin going forward they're basically at the same price they were before coronavirus happened and sports aren't even happening yet and they're a sports gambling company but um what i'm in today i got into a few things today I got a call order. Now this is just novelty. This one, if it does bad, who cares? It's a it's a mar- medical marijuana stock I've been looking at for a while. It, it's been in the you know dollar dollar fifty range. It's a real low one on the come up. It's called Oregoni Gram or OGI, and I have a call there at a at two dollars and fifty cents. It's it's re- it's um, risen fast, and today it was over two dollars, but that was only in eight dollar call so it's only eight cents per share <laughs> so that only cost me eight dollars so that one don't even count that one's just um just in case something happens i'm willing to risk eight dollars uh, because the return would be much higher than eight dollars um the main one i got in today which i'm probably going to sell first thing in the morning is of course as we mentioned norwegian cruise lines i have a call there a 25 dollar call and i got i got into that at a price of $2.95 per the 100 shares, so $295, and it's at $4.25 per or $425, so I'm plus 130 on that one. I'll probably get out of that in the morning. And then I have, then separate from my pen stock, I actually have a call also in pen at $36. I think it's at $34.50 or something right now, but on Friday at one point it was at 40, so about, that that calls doesn't expire to the 19th pin i assume pin will be above 36 by then so i'm not too worried about that one and then i have another gambling stock boyd boyd gaming i have a 24 dollar call in it and then i have another um call in new residential um nrz so new residential investment which is a stock i've traded all through this coronavirus the regular stocks and this is my first option in that and um i'll probably look to get out of that one towards the end of the week that's not a tomorrow that's that's a towards the end of the week they've really been boosting up 
And then, like I mentioned, my watch, the IVR, I actually have 40 shares of IVR. So not an option. I have I have 40 shares, actually 40 shares of that. And it's up, you know, like a dollar or something. And that that's kind of what I'm working with this week. As I mentioned before, stock trading shouldn't be all in the past or whatever. The news that happened last week was the news that happened. We're on a new news. So we, we won't discuss a lot of the news that happened last week. Honestly, it wasn't a lot of like huge news. It was really, I do have one and you're going to say the exact same thing I'm about to say. So I, I do have one new story. We're not going to discuss them all. We're going to discuss one new story from last week besides the fact that airlines and everything was up. And that is the job summary report which John was about to blurt out because he didn't think I was going to mention it, but that's by far the biggest news story. And basically what happened is the Bureau of Labor and Statistics released their job summary report, which basically tells how many people's employed, how many people's unemployed and a whole bunch of other stuff because of coronavirus, everyone expected this number to be astronomical and terrible. And what happened was it was bad, but it wasn't as bad Thus, the market boosted tremendously because of the corona really didn't have that big of an impact. And before John gets all in his bearish ways, I'm going to mention that if, if you look up the if you look up this job report, you're going to see that there was an error and a miscalculation. Oh, an error? Is that what they're calling it now? A miscalculation. It was an error. Oh yeah. Whoops. We just messed up this number that we reported forever and we're professional and I'm about, to, I'm, about to, I'm about to explain it to you. It's fraud, man. It's fraud. No, no it's because the same thing I'm has, selling some more contracts. This same thing has happened multiple times in the past. So it has nothing to do with yeah, they're trying to juice the market, those fraudulent ass no, fights. It's, it's happened in every administration. So they're what hurting, they're hurting my uh, my short position. It really did. The, the people want the truth. It didn't hurt it that they much. Want the truth. What happened was there's a miscalculation. <laughs> there's a miscalculation in the unemployment rate, and that's because um, they're not used to, they're really not used to count, um, putting, <laughs> putting into the calculation that people are used to it. No, listen, they're, they're not used to accounting for the number of people who are employed, but are not working due to coronavirus. So that's where the miscalculation happened. Basically they, they counted some of them as employed, but they're actually on unemployment benefits so it's like a gray zone of whether they're actually employed or not so basically they the unemployment rate was reported as 13.3 percent if they even if they would have counted what they missed it would have been 16 percent the expected number was like 22 percent so we're still way under what was expected and the market would have did exactly the same thing yeah, I say report the real numbers and see what happens. It was 16. I just told you it was 16. They released it. Yeah, they, but no one's paying attention now. They're the ones that pointed out it was 16.2%. But the reason this isn't a isn't a big deal and uh, this isn't a political um, podcast. Um, so it doesn't matter what side we fall on on politically. The reason this isn't a big deal because it's happened over and over again. Um, right now, if you're a Democrat, 
you're blaming this miscalculation on the Trump administration, even though everyone, he's the president. He literally doesn't have any control over this. This is a Bureau of Labor of Statistics. Um, but the, the reason I reason I say that without being biased on one side or another is the same thing happened during the Barack Obama, the exact same thing happened during the Barack Obama administration and the Republicans blamed it on Barack Obama and said that he gassed it up to win a, win an election. So it's literally exactly the same Why thing. That, that during the crisis of 2008? Oh, uh, I think it was the last, no, no, I don't think so. Maybe 2009? That was his first term. It's, it was the, I think it was a second. It was a second. Because Trump's, um, it was when, it was right at the end. So it was when he was um, getting reelected for the second time because he said um, there was a calculation saying unemployment rate was at like 5%. And then Trump had the famous tweet at the time, and he wasn't even president at the time, that reporting 5% unemployment rate was the biggest political hoax this country has ever had because there was no way that unemployment was as low as 5%. So it, that's, it was- a, If they were talking about that and it made a big deal, it sounds like it was the crisis of 2008-9. I'm almost positive it was the second term. I may be wrong. Because, if this, because this isn't political, this is on both sides. But it's the opposite. It's the op it's not it's not really had anything with the it didn't have anything with the crisis it was the number was supported it was reported so low that i don't think it's ever really been that low it said the said the unemployment rate was five percent which is like astronomically low oh so i think it was it was the second term against mccain oh that what during Anyways, one of his uh, it's all fraudulent they need to get better with their job and they need to let our bear friends have their day i just need one day anyhow <laughs> can growl and do his bear shit all he wants everyone knows that there's only one bear that's even even vicious and john's more like a black bear he definitely ain't a polar bear and so john just eats berries he ain't gonna attack no one so just just listen to him talk i mean it's all all bark no growl <laughs> would have calculated correctly at six at 16 percent that's so much under what everyone expected and the the reason everyone expected it so high is because the number of people that's on unemployment and have that have actually filed for unemployment in the last few months they expected to be high but that's really it's kind of a gray area because i think they're they were allowing people to file for unemployment who just wasn't really they have a job of due to places being shut down that wasn't working, thus they wasn't getting paid, thus it was the same as them basically getting laid off. So there's a lot of unemployment filings of people who actually have a job. So when companies are, have been starting to come back, the jobs have, have been back. And um, one of the other things that were in this job report is that in May, there's actually more jobs added. So like as these companies started to open up, they're actually the opposite of what was expected and companies were hiring new people. John, it's easy to kill a bear. You just gotta punch them in the nose. It's a lot harder to kill a bull. I'm gonna have my one or two down days and that's when I'm gonna make my money. 
And John will have his couple of down days. I think it's going to be when the earnings for quarter two start coming back and everyone in the day, in the era we live in now, everyone wants everything right away, expects everything right away. When you first get a job, you expect to be at the top right away. And that's, I think that'll be the same here that all these companies come back and they expect profits right away, but they forget that we were just been shut down for like four months. So when these quarter two earnings come back, I expect them to still look terrible, but, and people will freak out because there's not profits, but really there shouldn't be profits by quarter two. Hey, I've been very patient and waited on this market to rise and rise and rise. And today I've stepped foot in the water and I'm looking for a couple fish to bite on. All right, John, well you do that in a month and this week make some money with me and get in on some of these travel stocks coming back. There's too I much- think we're go- I think the bear's coming in this week. That's not, <laughs> not this week. I'm bearish. If you want to be bearish, bearish at the end of the day on Friday because that's when everyone sells it off and it drops down $3. No, we're going to have a Wednesday, maybe even tomorrow, but like a Wednesday, Thursday dive. It's not this week. We may have a down day, but it's not like a down day. It's just going to be like technically down a couple cents. A couple percent? But even, even that, John, even if we have a down day on Wednesday and Thursday, there's still companies that aren't going to be down. I don't see, I don't see the market being everything being down. This I need week. a huge red day here, my friend. Yeah, I just don't think you're going to get. It. I think you're going to get a slight red day, possibly, but probably not this week. Maybe next week. Probably not this week. But um, I think let me see if there's any other things that we should discuss. Um, again, if you start looking up, people start around recession today. Um, you'll. We've been, we technically have been in a recession since February. So don't, don't really pay any mind to that. By the actual definition of recession, we've been in a recession since February. They're just kind of saying it now. There's no news, there's no news there. It's the same thing that's been happening for a few months. We already talked about Tesla and the NASDAQ record close. Airlines and travel have been killing it. And we talked about the job report. So that's all I all I have for the day. John, any last re- remarks? Bring the bear in. All right. Bring the bear in, John says. And like I said, I'm a bull, but when the bear happens, I'll fully be on a bear train. I, I can get on short and stuff too, John. John's only on short and stuff, but I'm on whatever makes me the most money. But with that, that's the end of the show. Um, come back Friday. We're going to talk about dividends and dividend yield. Again, thanks for listening to the show and supporting the show. Be sure to do your homework and share this with five friends. And that's five new friends. Don't keep telling the same five friends unless they haven't been listening to them. If they haven't been listening to you, go ahead and kick them in the balls because that will make them listen to you. But um, go ahead and tell your friends. We're available on many platforms at this point. We added one more. um, So we're now available on Overcast. So right now all our platforms are Overcast, Radio Public, Spotify, Anchor, Breaker and Google Podcasts, as well as Apple and iTunes, so you can listen to it on there. Or if if it was me, I would listen to part of the show on each separate one, split it up into six, and listen to part of the show on each of those, so I can get paid a little bit more from this gig. And then you can watch John dance around like a 
the white guy that he is on YouTube. So be sure to do that. Um, we do have an official Twitter account now. I'm going to start trying to use that a little more than I have been, um, but we're at we're at swinging it. So that's um, just swing. I'm, the show's called Just Swinging It. The the Twitter handle is Swinging It. What's we're, our gang sign gonna be? We're gonna have gang signs. We're not gonna have gang signs. We're not gonna sign for the Swinging It tribe. But John, I do expect you to grow a mullet. Grow a mullet, and we'll do that. I don't know. I'm kind of rocking the short hair up top and long beard. That's what I'm saying. Just start. Just it, you don't even notice it really. Just start. Keep shaving the top like you've been doing. And just let it. Don't shave the back. It work, it'll go right in. I don't know. I might have to shave all of it off. I have uh, an interview on Wednesday. An interview? Where at? Hopping on. Well, we'll just leave it there, and I'll let you know if I get it. Sounds sounds good. Sounds good. Sounds good. It must be better than what he's got now. So Ooh, we'll see. Way better. <laughs> Hear that. But um, with that, that's the end of the show. Uh, rate, like, subscribe, review, send comments, send any um discussions that you want to talk about, any stocks that you maybe want an opinion on or something you don't understand. And, you know, we'll either message you back right away if that's not something we want to talk about quite yet on the show or we'll talk about it on the show. So if you have any more questions about the small exchange or or uh, futures products or being bearish and which is the best way to take that opinion on, you can tweet me at Burrell Invest on Twitter. And you can also find me on the YouTube page here. And if you have any questions that are more generalized to the show or something you'd like us to cover, you can hit us up on the official Twitter page, which is what again, Chris? Swinging it. Swinging it. That's at swinging it. Yep, at swinging it. And if, if it's really something important, you can also email us if you really want to. We have an official email, and that is keep swinging it at gmail so that would be keep swinging it at gmail if you want to email us a question but like i said if you have the question somebody else probably does too so commenting would probably be the best way or tweeting at us would be the same so either way um do that come back friday and tell all your friends and um with that john play the music after you dance a little bit more play the music i guess <laughs>